right. Should we Here just we restart? Go. No, it doesn't matter. I'll just delete this. Uh, okay. That was hot. <laughs> This week on Young Nostalgia, we're gonna take a walk through how it's made. Let's take a look. To another episode of Young Nostalgia, episode 81. And just so you know, we're podcasting. Uh, what do you got today? <laughs> <laughs> we're podcasting from the endless enigma of Ben's brain on why he makes choices. <laughs> Thank you so much. Welcome for joining us, Ben. How are you doing today, big guy? <laughs> My, the inner workings of my mind are an enigma. <laughs> are an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> Little SpongeBob reference there for the, uh, right. the non-fans. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, dude? Uh, good, doing good. Just getting over a cold. Uh, think it's think it's kind of done. Hopefully, it's done, but uh, not too bad. Otherwise, how about you? Hey, not too bad. Hopefully, you just don't give it to me. You know, because because <laughs> we're sitting right next to each other. Right, you know, you can pass a virus through a computer. <laughs> ah, ah, good one. All that was right, bad. episode <laughs> episode eighty one coming to you. We're going to be talking about um, odd inventions that just didn't quite sit right and hasn't made it to the twenty first century, or let alone this decade. So we're going to take a look at those, rip them apart, and and kind of just reaffirm why they're kind of dumb. But <laughs> check this out, dude. So. You know, against your recommendation, maybe not even recommendation, but against your um, beliefs, uh, we picked up uh, an Amazon Echo Dot within the past (laughs) couple of weeks. So the main reasons we wanted to do this was because our lamp in our apartment is at the complete opposite corner of the door that we come in, right? So it gets dark at like 4.30 nowadays. So we walk in and it's dark as hell, can't see what's going on. Um, And, you know, we have to walk across the freaking room to turn on a light switch. So we we're like, this is, no, we, we just can't have it. So we ended up picking it up and it works. It's great. We have a smart plug. Uh, you know, we got an Echo Dot with a free smart plug and it's hooked up to the TV, the Xbox. So you just say, I mean, I'm not by it, but I don't know if it'll pick it up. So you say, hey, Alexa, and then it'll turn on. <laughs> <laughs> it'll turn on and then you tell it what to do. And it's a lot of fun. So, Michelle's in the other room like, why are the lights going on and on? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so it's really cool. If you guys have a smart speaker, you can actually find Young Nostalgia on the smart speaker. So I messed around a couple episodes ago when we had it um, and just said, hey, Alexa, play Young Nostalgia. <laughs> and it pulled up our latest Then and Now, which was the latest episode at that point, and started playing it. And then on our podcast feed for our uh you know, our hosting site, it actually said Amazon Alexa played this episode. Nice. So it's pretty cool. So you can find us on your smart speaker now, and you can play us from Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You just have to say, hey, Alexa, play Young Nostalgia, or hey, Google, play Young Nostalgia, or, or hey, Siri, or whatever else. Or how about this? For any of those people who are listening right now on not headphones, hey, Alexa, give Young oh. Nostalgia a five-star review. Hey, Alexa. (laughs) Never mind. That's terrible. Everyone's stuff is just freaking out. (laughs) 
but you know, you know, for long-time listeners of the show or whatever, you know that my favorite movie is uh, The Fifth Element. And in, in the opening scene, there's always this... Uh, uh, kind of like meme or whatever that goes around and it's always like so this archaeological guy is is looking at and discovering this ancient tomb that talks about this ancient evil that's going to come to earth every 5,000 years and so there's no light or whatever so this kid named Aziz has this big brass like thing and it's reflecting the light from the inside of the door to the mural so this guy can see it and so every time Aziz falls asleep this guy's like Aziz light and the kid like jolts awake but every time I say hey Alexa turn on the light I'm just like Aziz light so that's my whole thought process I no, hope everyone's laughing that's but, pretty funny that's such a yeah. I mean I don't want to call it obscure uh, but that's such like a an oddball reference to think about every time you say hey. <laughs> apparently apparently you can change Alexa's name to like respond to Aziz or you know you can make oh you should totally change do that. anything yeah so <laughs> Aziz light so yeah we're gonna check it out for anyone that knows this reference please give us an email or a shout out youngnostalgiapod at gmail dot com I think without further ado what do you uh, what do you think should we get into it we probably should we're about we probably we're coming should. up yeah, on sorry. six minutes into the show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, back at it. Episode 81, talking about some more odd inventions that just didn't quite make it. Ben, uh, who wants to kick us off? You want to do it? I'll kick it up, kick us off because this first one, I am really bummed that this is not a normal product <laughs> because it's genius. <clears throat> so, so we've got stick on butter. Um, the idea is that it's very similar to a glue stick that you'd use in elementary school, but filled with a stick of butter. Um, as a result, you'll be able to butter, slice of bread, roll, whatever you want to butter. You basically just kind of screw the end of the butter out and then rub it on there and then put the cat back on. Right. Well, I'm guessing that it would have to be sold as like just a stick of butter. Like it would be weird to like push the push it in because it literally looks like a glue stick like it's round and stuff and obviously butter comes in like rectangles or whatever well yeah so it'd be kind of hard well i mean i guess that could be an option you could sell well no that it's even better that way because you're locked into rebuying the glue stick you can't just buy a cheap different brand of butter and put refill the uh, that's true but you know the first thing i thought of when this you know i've seen this before i've seen pictures of it uh and i've always thought oh that's that's good i mean there's got to be a downside to it that is not working. It's probably people leaving the butter out on the counter and it melts and goos up the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But right. the first thing I think of is not necessarily a glue stick for some reason. I think of deodorant. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but that's what I picture when I think of like a, a stick of butter that like a self feeding stick of butter. I, I don't yeah. think of a glue stick. I think of deodorant, which makes it a little bit gross. Maybe that's why people don't like it. Kind of. I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> If anyone out there uses butter as deodorant, please give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail. <laughs> they, should have, they should have called it roll-on butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Instead of like – it would be called uh, speed butter instead of speed, speed stick, stick. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, because you know they have the spray butter. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Um, yeah. And that stuff I'm pretty sure is hazardous to your health. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's probably like 1% butter. Yeah, right. <laughs> the other the other 99% is butter flavoring. Yeah, um, artificial and but I was naturally thinking, flavored. You could have a variant of all this where it's the same liquid that's in the spray butter, but it could be in a little jug with the roller bar on top, like the actual roll-on deodorant. It'd be like the same, oh. but just a different 
you know, variety. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and don't forget to pair it with the wonderful butter body spray. Oh. Limited quantities remain. <laughs> butter body spray. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm just picturing that feel of, like, you eat corn on the cob, you put butter, and you got butter on your hands, yep. and it's pretty much permanent until you have to go, like, take a shower. Right. Um, <laughs> go I'm take just, a shower. I'm just pict- I'm imagining that feeling just, like, all over my body all the time. This, well, now, wait, there's more. The three-in-one body wash, shampoo, and conditioner of butter. God. Holy that crap. Just, that right, just screams go. like acne breakout all over your body. Oh, my God. Uh. Yeah, it turns out it's actually the uh, same company that makes Proactive. See, they're trying to, like, oh yeah, get both yeah. sides of the business. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Um, This this one's called the Slurp Guard. Slurp. S-L-U-R-P. Not necessarily a word that I say in everyday (laughs) sentence, but I like it. So picture this. It's like it's a sort of a ring that you position around your face, like a silicone plastic ring that fits around your face. um, And it protects from like spilling as well as getting your hair in like your soup or your dish at the dinner table. So you're just wearing this kind of like it looks like, you know, if you take like an open side bonnet and just put it around your face, like it's supposed to be so your hair doesn't get into soup or anything like that. Yeah. Um, And it's just like, I don't know. It just seems very inconvenient, and I can't even imagine going to a restaurant and seeing <laughs> twenty people wearing this thing. You have to look up this picture. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, you know what this reminds me of? I'm glad you said inconvenient because I was going to use that as well. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a less convenient bib. A bib? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> absolutely. You know, we take a product that works well. They sell millions of them every day, and let's. Let's make a product that does the same thing except less user friendly. Right. You, 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 <laughs> like this person, the person wearing this, it, she looks like that one dinosaur at the end of Jurassic Park that like fans <laughs> out. You know what I mean? What, what yeah. was it? Was it a velociraptor? I don't know. No, I don't know. It but a the modern day equivalent would be what's what's the lizard called? The bearded dragon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. It has the little frills on its neck that fling out. That's exactly what this looks yeah, like. It's crazy. I'm looking at the picture too. I'm just wondering how it stays on your face because it kind of goes, it sits right above your eyebrows and it kind of goes under your chin a little bit. There's got to be a right. strap on the back. Oh, well, I think you're right. I think there is. But I bet they come in all shapes and sizes and colors. Like this yeah. one looks kind of squiggly, you know, like a fan. So yeah. kind of <laughs> crazy. If you own one of these, I'm just going to keep on plugging our email for people <laughs> to hopefully just... It's crazy. It's it's so funny. I can't imagine. All right. What a maniac. <laughs> this next one, honestly, this next invention is it is actually pretty amazing. It's pretty cool. Oh, the uh daylight motion pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quote, uh witness the shows sitting in a fully lit fully lighted auditorium. That sounds like the weird a weird version of that word. Fully lit auditorium, <laughs> fully lighted. I, I I think it's supposed to be lit, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically the background behind this is, <clears throat> imagine going to a movie theater where the entire auditorium is completely lit. Um, back in the early 1900s, some people actually thought this was the future of film. Uh, when movie theaters opened in the 1900s, many people disliked the darkly lit auditoriums. 
Um, so in Minneapolis, one movie theater owner, uh, one theater owner said he preferred full lighting to look to look after the wants of women and children and to also avoid eye fatigue from sitting in a dark area and then looking at a very brightly lit screen. <clears throat> eye fatigue cracks me up because just look like today we can't go we can't go ten minutes without looking at some sort of you know electronic screen like right. It doesn't matter whether it's dark out or light out or not. <laughs> right. right. Um, so the idea kind of caught on quickly after that. Uh, it was the idea of daylight motion pictures uh, became a trend across the country. They worked through a combination of stronger projectors and darker screens. <clears throat> In California, the state house passed a bill requiring theaters to be sufficiently lit so that patrons could see the features of other, other moviegoers. Which is um, awesome. That's hilarious. Like it, you can't do any hanky panky in the back left corner anymore. <laughs> like exactly. That's probably why they did it. <laughs> That's probably why they that, did it. You know, to or to see what other else was going, other illicit activity was going on, to be able to uh, <laughs> pick someone out of a lineup later on. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> you know this. This is just weird. This whole thing just reminds me of. Uh, when I first read through this, I didn't realize that it was, I didn't necessarily realize that it was movie theaters. Um, I thought it was more like uh, playhouses or oh. theaters that there would be some some sort of play going on. And that's that's what I thought okay. at first. And then I immediately after that, I thought of like a middle school or elementary school play where everyone's sitting in a brightly lit auditorium <laughs> looking at a stage that is equally lit <laughs> and watching this horrible play. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Just like those big, huge industrial, like factory lights all over the place. Exactly. But it's like it's not that soft light. It's like that white, like very abrasive light. Yeah, fluorescent the or place. the, yeah, the fluorescent. big halogen lights or something. Yeah, and everyone's just bored out of their mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't fall asleep because everyone will know about it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. This seems weird. And I guess I know. this was probably before lighting technology was uh, good enough to have. Uh, an easy way to light the to light the aisles as well. Right. Um, so you know, if you're in the dark, you're in the dark, and so there's no way to <laughs> no way of getting out and going to the bathroom or uh, refreshments or anything like that. And so I I would imagine this kind of faded out right as uh, lighting technology was getting better to where it could be kind of dimly lit or lit where it needs to be um, until technology made that a little bit easier. <clears throat> right. Right, I could see that. Purely yeah, speculation, absolutely crazy. <laughs> but we'll go with it as truth. Absolutely, yeah, that's what we always. You've do. heard it here, folks. You've heard it here. You've heard it here first, folks. Um, <laughs> okay, so the next one is electrified water. So, quote for the morning after a sure cure for the headaches. So this was kind of like the advertisement of of what made electrified water so uh, special. So in the early 1900s, electrified water was considered the next big thing. The idea was that people would run a charge through water and then after they stopped, the liquid would acquire all sorts of these wondrous new qualities. People used it to uh, water plants or wash clothes and wash dishes. Like it was was the thing to do. 
Um, <laughs> as early as 1904, people pitched electrified water as a way of sterilizing and cleaning clothes without soap. So people just didn't use soap. Um, and a 1913 ad boasted that this, quote, wonderful new invention applies electricity in a new way. The electrified water was also in vogue for drinking and sprinkling on plants. And in the 1920s, one physician even suggested that dipping your hands in electrified water would actually cure your hangover from the night before. So, you know, this whole big fad, you know, was just as just as crazy as it was to like, you know, take opioids because it's going to make your life better. Like, you know, well, it's just the way they thought about things was, was funny. Right. And, you know, this is still early 1900s. And so this is still around the time where we see, uh, uh, Basically like the, the snake oil salesman where it's make any outlandish claim you want. Uh, the clientele <laughs> that you're trying to sell it to doesn't understand any of it. And therefore you can pretty much pull the wool over anybody's eyes. And so, you know, electricity had been a while, uh, had been known about, been around for a while, but it was still basically magic to a lot of people. Right. You know, no right. understanding of how it works, what made it work. Um, and so I would imagine this was extremely easy to sell to people. Absolutely. And, and you know, I mean, as far as purifying the water, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the heck that's going to, I mean, yeah, if you have, it's not going to clean dirt out of the water, but I guess if you have living organisms in it and you give it like, if you hook it up to like a 480 service or something like that, <laughs> I mean, I guess that would purify it, but. Yeah, but I, make sure you put your fingers in it while you hook it up too. Well, like, yeah, back it happens down, all at once. Like, yeah, down to the uh, dipping your hands in electrified water to cure a hangover. I mean, I guess if it frazzles your brain enough to where you forget about being hungover, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to know if MythBusters did this or not. I mean, like what? I, it's freaking crazy. Definitely one of those do not try this at home kind of kind of <laughs> <Right>. deals. <laughs> That seems oh crazy. Oh my god. It's it's just amazing cuz you know it only takes one person to make themselves believe that it that it helps and then it just goes you know huge like it's just the thing to do. It's crazy. <laughs> and you know all you Come need on. is a couple people to by coincidence feel better after doing it and now you've got the placebo effect going on all over the place. Right. Uh driving up sales. <clears throat> so uh, moving on, we have the, uh, I guess it's the Fisky. Is that how you'd pronounce that? The Fisky reading machine? Fisk or something? I honestly have no idea. F-I-S-K-E, Fisky. Uh, <clears throat> quote, Fisk, maybe. To render obsolete <laughs> printing presses. So <laughs> this one's... <laughs> this is great. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the basic idea is that books would be printed onto extremely small pages in really itty bitty letters, um, and then readers would hold basically a mo- magnifying glass. <clears throat> wow, would hold modified magnifying glasses up to their eyes in order to read. Um, as inconvenient as it sounds, <laughs> uh, Scientific American ran a piece listing all of the advantages that the Fisky machine would supposedly have over old-fashioned books. Uh, cheaper manufacturing is one of them. Uh, they could get away with better quality paper. Um, books could be uh, 
would last longer. So basically the, the smaller in size, the cheaper they could manufacture books would offset the cost of using better materials and that books would last longer. Um, goes right along with less paper needed, easier to send by mail and by easy, we really mean cheap. Um, free up more space in your house, smaller presses could be used, uh, and more presses running at the same time, I suppose as well. Um, right. And overall, in general, everything would just be cheaper because it was easier to manufacture. Um, Probably less people to, like, need to manufacture it as well. Exactly, yeah. Um, I mean, as far as shipping as well, I mean, you could stack a lot more of these on a truck to ship out for transport. Um, So uh, a couple more. No more eyeglasses or spectacles, which uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case because you still have to be <laughs> yeah. able to focus through the mag or the magnifying glass <laughs> right. um, and lastly because everything would be cheaper poorer people would uh, be able to afford to uh, learn to read and read more books which was like you know obviously this is way back when that they're saying this you know like i mean you like still have to buy this <laughs> fisky reading machine <laughs> like <laughs> what <laughs> okay whatever but also i don't apparently yeah, what's up? No, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, like, apparently it like really, really took roots. Like, it growed. Like, New York Times, Literary Digest, and Popular Mechanics trumpeted tests and like talked about why this thing needs to happen. Like, why it was so good, and they even did tests to show that with the Fisk's, uh, the Fisk's reader didn't actually affect reading speed at all. It's almost just like that one invention that we talked about that this kind of is in, is in tangent with that it was like the the thing to like help you read faster. It was like oh. that arm that would move down, you know? Yeah, it would you you would have to follow along with it and if you don't keep your right. pace up then it would cover up the words. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, right. all these so, all these I mean, publications are probably uh talking talking this thing up because they're all on Fisk's payroll. <laughs> Right, right, <laughs> right. Oh my god, they're paid endorsements. <laughs> right. Oh my god. I just don't really That's see. Funny. I mean, it's. I'm not. I don't have a picture of this. I haven't looked. I haven't looked at the patent drawings or anything like that. But it, it seems like, it's called the Fisk reading machine or Fisky. You were saying Fisk. I say Fisky. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Here you go. It's called the reading machine. I don't really see how it's a machine. It looks pretty much just like, tiny books in a magnifying glass. Yeah, it almost looks like here. I just posted a, a picture of it in our show oh, notes. It gotcha. looks like so, so. It looks like a ruler kind of thing, and there's one side that covers up one eye, and then there's the magnifying glass on the other eye, and you hold it up to your face. Like that's the thing, though. You have to hold it up to your face the entire time. Like it's not know. like glasses or anything that you wear. I mean, it's I like, understand how it can shrink the size of books and stuff, but we go right back to it looks very inconvenient. Yeah, it does. It absolutely <laughs> does. God. No, it just looks you. so goofy. You have to check this out. Hit the link down below in the show notes and you can check out some of these inventions that we ended up plucking out. But it's it's really funny to kind of look at this. It's like this it's like it's like almost like trying to read a book through uh ah, what the heck are those toys? Where uh ah, some was it something scope? It's the thing oh, was we, it those things that they had, had the, the little, little like the little round in them? film things, and you go ka-chink, ka-chink, and it, it yep, goes through and it the changes them. Yeah, what were the name of yep. those things? Crap, uh, I I don't know, but I remember I had a Muppets one. Yeah, I think uh, my brother actually had a SpongeBob one. Imagine that, right? 
Oh, that's cool. Um, and the cartridges that you'd put in there actually were, they had uh, contacts and there was a little, a t- there was electronics going on inside of the uh, actual cartridge that you'd put in and it would play sound effects from the show every time you did the uh, the view selector. And, no uh, way. Would, the sound effects would correspond with the slide that it was showing. Uh that's really cool. I can't believe I can't come up with the name of of these things, but that that's what this whole thing reminds me of. I mean, I bet I mean I I would imagine that would be much more convenient than oh. what they're doing because I think you still had to hold the book while you're holding this device up to your face. Right. Okay, this says like real red viewer uh uh yeah. I think that was a brand name of one. Master Reels shoot Viewmaster view is what masters. i'm saying view yeah, master view that's master. the brand that i know okay yeah uh, view masters those were <laughs> funny those were really cool <laughs> that's what this whole thing kind of reminds me of oh my except god except in addition to the device you had to also hold out a book i know yeah right <laughs> so both literally both of your hands are being preoccupied or you're just kind of bent over a desk with the book down there and you're like Sherlock Holmes, but look even dumber. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my. See, I'm just like picturing like, you know, you take the slurp protector and then you take this Fisk reading lens and then, you know, I'm just picturing walking into a room and seeing a large group of people having this or doing the same thing. Like walking into a library and everyone has these books two inches from their face. Yeah, like, you walk in that there cracks like, me up. there's a bunch of dorks in here. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, that cracks me up. That cracks me up quite a bit. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Here's our last one to round out the show. Uh, spring spokes for cars, like their, um, like the wheels are spring spokes, um, and it's to obviate pneumatic tires. Uh, as early as 1905, audio automobile manufacturers tried to create elaborate spring spoke wheels to make car rides a lot smoother. This was in comparison to um, having wood tires, you know, wood wood uh, wheels back in the day. In 1914, popular mechanics suggested that these new spring wheels would make pneumatic tires a thing of the past. Um, granted spring spokes weren't so crazy in age when wooden wheels were still common and arguably spring spoke tires were less a fad than a failed alternative they were to beta max as pneumatic tires are to vhs so kind of like these spring tires obviously they were both in the market around the same time but uh, pneumatic tires ended up winning in the end but ultimately, there were just better ways to make a smooth ride, including superior tires as well as air suspension. Um, still, that doesn't mean that the idea is totally isn't dead. Actually, they cite back in 2013, an inventor tried a version of the spring spoke system for bikes as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, like the the idea, the idea is sound. I th- I feel like, but I feel like there's too many variables to having springs in there because. Okay, let's, you know, if you're off-roading or if you're doing something, you come down, all that force is coming back. Like, the force isn't absorbed. The force will just come back and spring you back up. Or, right. you know, there's, there's nothing that, like, evens out the force or the weight that are going to be used to, quote-unquote, make it a smoother ride. You're going to be, like, equal and opposite reaction to every right. force that you put well, on these tires. It, it would be very similar to, you know, like a uh, 
Well, in addition to being very heavy, I would imagine this whole apparatus is very heavy. Yeah. Um, very similar to like if you have a bad shock absorber on your car and it's you, you every, on every bump you get that real bad bounce that has to even back <laughs> out. Um, that's kind of what I imagine with this, except it's on uh, on a wheel, which is unsprung weight, so it's probably vibrating real bad. <laughs> um, yeah. But this is something that's actually coming back. Uh, okay. This is, you can buy tires like this commercially available, and they're more common really? on off-road stuff, like uh, side-by-side ATVs and stuff. I know you can buy tires okay. like this. So um, like the springs actually in the tire well, though. So like the springs are kind of like going off of like the wheel or kind it's of. It's kind of a. You would you would get new rim. I mean there there it's a it's an assembly all in one. It's kind of the rim okay. tire, thing. But they're actually they're not really springs anymore. It's all composite, and so, <clears throat> the idea behind these is it's less about having springs to absorb the force, and it's more about the. Uh, it's very similar to just regular spokes on a wheel. They're all constantly pulling in every direction to keep the hub centered to the outside of the wheel, but it's more of a soft rubberish composite material that has a little bit of give to it. Um, okay. And so there's, you're not getting, you're not trying to put all of the suspension of the vehicle through the wheel. It's basically trying to mimic the cushion of a tire. Okay. And I believe, I mean, as early as, I mean, this guy you talked about in 2013, tried a version system for bikes. Um, it was probably 2010s, early 2010s, all the way up to now. I believe the military is still doing off and on trials for uh, uh, tires like this for Humvees. I've seen lots of trial videos and stuff of uh, comparing tires and these type of new type of wheels and comparisons between the two and... Uh, so it's an idea that's that's still out there, and as as materials get better, it's becoming more viable of an option. Right. All right. Well, tune in ten years from now where we see if this actually <laughs> took off or not. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's I also follow that kind of stuff a lot more than a lot of other people do, I guess. Um, but so yeah, I mean, this I was kind of excited getting down to this one because it is. Oh boy, Oops, Nolan just sorry. knocking his stuff oh all over the desk. <laughs> oh my gosh, so sorry. Um, Yo, we were so professional up to this point. Yeah, it's it's one of those inventions. I think we might have talked about in the last inventions that we did, where it's it's a sound idea, but like the technology of the time. <laughs> sorry, okay. Technology of the time. Um, where it's it's a sound idea that the materials just weren't there to make the products yet. Right, right. It was almost like too far ahead of of what it could have been. Exactly, so. which I think is really cool. Right, I like it, man. Thanks so much for that. You got you your act, you got I, your act together over there. I do, I do. I I absolutely apologize for that. But that rounds out <laughs> that rounds out episode eighty one of the oddities for inventions. Um, thank you guys so much for sticking with us. As always, you can find us on your favorite podcast app, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Now your home smart speaker. You can listen to Young Nostalgia. Just ask, hey Alexa, play Young Nostalgia and she will do it for you. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review as well as uh, a five star uh, liking and just give us a about, you know, take us about 30 seconds to a minute. Just let us know what you like as well as if you want to be a guest or you have a future topic or if you just like and want to drop us a line, give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. 
Uh, anything else, big guy, on your mind over there? Uh, no, that was that was a fun show. A little bit on the so- shorter side compared to what we've been doing in the past. Um, but it's one of those one of those fun kind of free flowing shows that you know really low stress compared to some of the other stuff where you have to put in a lot more uh, time on show prep and research. <clears throat> right, but next week is going to be a ton of fun. We are going to, to finish out um, the other quote unquote half of the then and now episode, uh, and we're going to talk about Rod Stewart. So, it's yeah, be a good time. Yeah, it should be another uh, another very interesting life uh, to talk about. You know, it's we were going to cover uh, Huey Lewis and Rod Stewart. We we're going to try to do them all in the same episode, but we started digging in a little bit more, and we decided that you know there's way too much here. Uh, there's so much good stuff that we can't omit from a show that we're going to have to just split them up into two. So, right. It's going to be a and good the interesting one. thing. The interesting thing is that Rod Stewart actually uses a Fisk reader to see his audience when he's <laughs> performing. So tune in next time. We'll read and, uh, talk all about Rod Stewart. Um, yeah, another bad joke on my part, but you know, I feel like it hit pretty well. <laughs> Oh my gosh, thank you guys so much. As always, Ben, what do we say here on Young Nostalgia? Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll talk to you next week.